The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by Briggs Auction, the official auction of the Ricky, BriggsAuction.com. Adam Kasabi, the official realtor of the Ricky, his cell, you can call or text us 302-864-8643. Al Alpavorsky Jewelers, we're right Ricky Sanchez listeners going get engaged and kinetic skateboarding. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. On the show today, Nick Nurse gets introduced. Fred Van Vliet gets rumored. Daniel House opts in. So we get another season of Daniel House. And perhaps later in the pod, we find out what Mike was building during game seven. Uh, I did mention kinetic skateboarding coming up this week. Another edition of the Ricky mesh shorts, Ricky kinetic mesh shorts. These have been very popular in the past. We did a. I wear those all the time. They're great shorts. Great shorts. Champion. I think champion shorts. The, we used the colors, the maroon and baby blue of, uh, Phillies. So we use those colors. There will only be about a hundred pair of these shorts that will come out on Thursday. Sign up for our newsletter at rightstreakysanchez.com slash newsletter. That is coming up with Kinetic. And remember, if you use code Dave Silver, if it's your first order, you get 9.1% off your first order. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. And one further thing, the 10-year anniversary of the Ricky is coming up in July. Ooh. Abby is going to do a special print but Abby and, and wants to put little drawings in there of the 10 years of Sixers and Ricky history, but wants some inflection points that you would like included. So in the show notes of this podcast, we will provide a Google form where you could tell Abby what should be included in this print. Also going to take some of the best drawings from the last few years that Abby's done and maybe make a couple prints of that. But in the show notes, make sure you fill out that uh, Google form. 10 years, Mike, 10 years. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Welcome to the Right Streaky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who can clean himself out without any medicinal assistance. That is one, Mike Levin. Hello. Good morning. Good Here morning. Here we are. Well, we are, I, I think this is the first time since the season ended. I felt like we've been doing like postseason pods, but now as I was doing the prep for this pod, it feels like we're fully in the off season. Yeah, it feels, you know, I think it was when we saw Daniel House opt in. I was like, oh, that's an offseason topic. Yeah. 
that's something that we're going to have to talk about. Yeah, I could do four episodes on this often. Yeah. So, um, what's his name? Nick Nurse was introduced as the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. And we'll get to some of his quotes, but I wanted to kick off the Nick Nurse segment, the Nick Nurse press conference segment with this voicemail that we got at 833 Lickface. Mike, Mike, CJ, uh, Ezra, State College, Pennsylvania, longtime listener, longtime caller, first time Nick Nurse enjoyer. Boy, what a press conference. I don't know if you guys watched that. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you're going to be talking about it. Tactics, flexibility, building a playoff toolbox, things that we've wanted for so long. And yet I'm sitting here just hands covering my face, shaking my head. Am I really going to do this again? Am I really going to fall for this shit? Am I really just going to like be here again in one year, embarrassed and sad as I watch I don't know, Haywood Highsmith win Eastern Conference Finals player of the series. Walt McNurse is telling us about how we just have to be more flexible next year. Are we really doing this again? Am I getting excited? Like, really getting excited? God. Non-basketball question. Why are we doing this? Are we really going to believe again? Mike, my question is, are you back yet? I mean, definitely not. Okay. Absolutely not back. Okay. Um, but is my, are my gears turning? Uh-huh. Like, am I starting to think about like personnel and things they can do differently and what it can look like when Joel posts up and what defense, you know, what players they could acquire that would match the style of defense Nick Nurse would want to play around a, uh, dominant rim protecting center yeah i'm starting to think about it i feel stupid thinking about it but i'm definitely not back and i think there's a distinction there i'm just like you know i'm i'm curious i think that's a a, a fairly safe place to be i mean we're well we let's be clear there's no there's no safe places to be with this right place. safe place, the places to be is out of this out of the city never thinking about it never talking about it we're not we're safe is not where we where we are. But, Fair enough. But help maybe healthier than than uh, a couple weeks ago for sure. So let's talk about let's hear from Nick Nurse and talk about the things he said. I thought it was overall a pretty harmless by the numbers press conference. We will maybe read into a little bit of what he said. CJ, I'd like to do the hardened one first, if you don't mind. I know I didn't have it first on the rundown, but. Um, leave it to my dad to, now I got to give him credit, even though he did interrupt him, which was very funny. Everyone wanted to know the answer to this question, even though knowing he couldn't give an answer, but the question had to be asked. So CJ, go ahead. Can, can we tactically do things? Can we adjust on the fly? Can we improve as the season goes on? And that's, that's, you know, that's a goal of a coach is as you go, you want to keep getting better. And then you get to the playoffs in your one team and that's that's a two month long journey and you got to be better at the end of those two months and do you want James Harden round. back pardon me do you want James Harden back James Harden's a great player if that yep. didn't answer the question well i would say this is that um uh James has a decision to make and um i'd be very happy if he came back yeah Can- so 
And he a, went later on. I couldn't find a, it, even though a, I had... What's interesting that? man, Who? Nick Nurse. He's yes. kind of living his own, like... To be like that, uh, the reputation of being like a like workhorse lunatic, mm-hmm. but also like kind of doing his own like Matthew McConaughey impression <laughs> of like being a little like folksy, a little bit like ethereal. Yeah, we'll get a to little that. bit, yeah. a little bit like he doesn't. Uh, what's the he doesn't uh, something vibrate on the vi- on. yeah the vibrate on the frequency of the past. Yeah. Like yep. he's like he's having his own like very. Uh, um, like rugged weirdo uh, <laughs> vibe, and I'm I, it's, it's you know spending as much time thinking about him as now. Usually, you just watch him on the other sidelines, and you're like, oh, okay, that guy seems interesting. Now I'm like really like thinking about the kind of guy he is. I'm like, what is what is this going to be like? Right. Well, because by the way, this you can't overstate the difference between how the media was in Toronto versus how the media is going to be in Philadelphia. You were challenged a lot less in Toronto. Um, it's just not going to be the same thing. Well, and I saw be- somebody report that, or somebody say that, that like some of the media and that covers the team is like partly owned by the team. The Raptors, yeah. 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 So the this reminded me, his, the question he asked that... My dad asked, was very clear. Do you want James Harden back? And Nick Nurse was like, huh? Knowing that he needed to start formulating a, a response. It was, it reminded me, I don't know if you've ever seen these, but I saw this video of this guy that goes up to people in public places and he tells them a joke that doesn't make any sense. And the person laughs. And then the guy goes, all right, explain the joke. And there's like this horror on the face because the person knows they've, laughed at a joke they do not understand and they cannot say it. I I thought a little bit of the response was, I I don't want to look into it too much. I thought a little bit of the response was, I don't want to say anything that puts us in a bad position here. So I do want to compliment Harden, but I don't want to make it seem like we're desperate. And this really isn't my place anyway. But he did later on, they asked him, well, what would your sell be? And his would be, well, do you want to win? Yeah. And I, thought like you know it was a an interesting uh an an interesting set of responses from him about Harden and I think it I do think Harden's gonna come back because I actually just don't think the market's going to be that robust for him and I think Daryl will will sign him but I did think that Nurse's responses were interesting uh yeah uh I do think he just got interrupted and was confused that he was in the (laughs) middle of an answer and and was asked a, a separate question. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, re- it's a reasonable question. It is a like no bullshit question. And he started to give a bullshit answer and then said something that I don't know that he necessarily believes, <laughs> uh, but at least he did say an answer. Um, you don't think he believes that? That he would want him back. That we would want him back. So you don't think he would want him here? I You're I think I think that knowing. he could make it work. I think he's right. a little bit like you you give me players to coach, I'll coach him. But I mean, it it is kind of hard to imagine a less Nick Nurse player. <laughs> um doesn't you know, not not efforting on defense, uh holding the ball on offense, 
fucking old. Um, I can say he's old because he's still like th- three months older than me. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a weird fit, but you know, Embiid is not necessarily a Nick Nurse player either. And I think that's why he came here is to is to become is to coach that guy, and it, it'd be it'd certainly be interesting. I, I it's it's one of these things where it's like I would love to like dip into a reality for like a couple weeks of what that looks like and then be able to say like, nah, I take it back. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> right. to say it. I don't right. want to do it. So it's, but it's hard to know, but that's, you know, that's, that's what the front office's job is. So here was nurse being, speaking of Embiid, here we, here we go. Hi, Nick, Dave Ram from, uh, from KYW News Radio here in Philadelphia. Um, I know you and Joel have uh, expressed respect for one another in the media before. Uh, Keith, the other day, reported your meeting went well, but at the same time, Joel has taken some jabs at you in the media, the Nick Nurse route of talking to the referees. Um, how, um, how do you think that you can make your relationship with Joel work during your time here? And then the second part to that question, given the success at times that you have had against him, what do you think you can do to take his level of success to that next level? All right. That's a good question. A lot, a lot, of, a lot of stuff in there. First of all, first of all, I think that um, it's been an interesting experience uh, coaching against Joel and on many different seasons. And, and I'll answer the last part of your question. Like we threw everything almost, I think you could possibly throw at a guy. Um, Cause it was, it was that hard for us to try to stop him. Right. So we, we threw a lot at him. So at least I think that we can offensively say, this is what we did and here's how we can beat it. And, and we've almost covered every most things. Right. So, so there's one, one part of that, but you know, the rest of that, um, it's just, it's just, uh, well, it's, it's a little bit entertaining for me because I understand there was some exchanges and things. I didn't even really like you, when you're out there and you're in the heat of really competing, like, I don't even really remember them, but I like accidentally had my TV on yesterday and I saw a couple of them. They were, they were pretty good. Like, I was like, man, I don't even remember that. But now I know what everybody's, what everybody's talking about here a little bit, but, and then it kind of grew to such a, such a, for me anyway, a, a respect level of, of him, you know, it was, it was, we'd throw one thing and, and literally even, even in that playoff series, you know, a game later, he would adjust to it and we couldn't do what we, you know, we kind of were banking on this, you know, that we could do and, and he'd adjust to it. So, um, you know, my, you know, I guess again, it was, it was a tremendous amount of respect level for me. And then, you know, as far as the, um, building the relationship, I mean, listen, I think he's, he, I think he really wants, he really competes and he really wants to be great. And just, it's a collaborative effort, effort, like, like, Here's how you, how do you see it? Here's how I see it. You know, let's let's figure this out. And and you know, for for me, I just want to, him to have as much success as possible, and and that translate to team success as well. You know, obviously them, you know, MB talking negatively about nurses foul uh, whining in public is not an issue. I don't no. think moving forward. No. I think the thing that I got from this, and the thing that. I liked from the entire press conference was the reality that I do believe that Nick Nurse is going to push Joel Embiid harder than anyone has ever pushed him. Yeah. And I do believe that even though you as a as a head coach and you know Nurse had to deal with this with Kawhi, not everything is going to you can't be like the um 
you can't be like the drill sergeant there. But I think nurse with Embiid is going to have, I, I just think we're going to find out whether Embiid has it in him or not yeah. with nurse. Right? I, think that's great. I think that's a great point. And like, it has to be that way. Like, yeah. you know, Brett was there for the, like the ramping up of Joel and the, like every time he falls, it's a, you know, fire. Um, and how much he got better over those years. And that was great, but it was still like, he's our baby. Let's protect our baby. Um, doc was just the way he coaches is just deferring to his stars and letting them like sort of run things however they want. Um, and is not like saying anything aside from yelling pace in the huddle and saying like, come on guys. Um, and it seems like just the, the kind of, the kind of coach Nick Nurse is both on a tactician level and on a, um, on a human level is, is he's going to just, I think Blake Murphy last, last podcast made the point that he's not going to like call out Joel or James or probably Tyrese, like in press conferences, the way that he would for like role players more on the fringes of the rotation. But I think he is going to be like, you, we are going to wring every ounce of possibility out of the sponge. And if, if you can't do it, it's either because the, you know, personnel around him wasn't good enough or Joel is just like not quite there. Right. Um, as like the highest level player, you can win with this guy in the league, which to this point you just, you just can't or haven't been able to in the playoffs. And so it's like a good test. There's Joel's got three years left on his contract. I feel like that's the like, um, if things go well, maybe hopefully he resigns here and is, you know, there's playoff success and a future of, you know, staying playing his whole career in Philadelphia. And if not, then like, that's probably it. So there's probably, this is probably like a three year window where they're like, we gotta, we gotta really make some inroads on it. And it's going to be, we're going to see what Joel has. Obviously he's not LeBron, but I do think there is a little bit here. Like when LeBron went to Miami. And there was a coach and a general manager that were aligned and they were aligned on how things were going to work. I, th- my only hope is that Maury is as like unforgiving in that way that nurse seems to be right. Yeah. Like I, I hope they have a united front on, do we want to do this or not? And this is how we have to get from point A to point B, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Daryl was a little bit more like Doc in the sense of like the NBA is all about stars and 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 Hinky. I don't, we didn't get to see it obviously with Sam, but the NBA is all about stars. You got to make stars want to be here. You got to make stars like you know cater to them. Otherwise, you're not winning. But like, how far can you push Joel or like you know pick anybody that hasn't quite gotten all the way there um, to improve their game? before they like turn on you and decide they don't want to be yeah. there. Like yeah. how do, what's the, like I'm pushing you to a place to get better. And like, when does that cross over into like, I'm grinding on you. I'm Doug Collins. You're firing me. <laughs> I'm leaving. Goodbye. And like, it, it's like that line is, is a tough line to figure out. It's a tough line to figure out because there's so many different factors. It's almost like drafting a player. Like you're, you're, you're figuring out all these factors you don't have metrics for. And part of it is how desperate is this player 
to win that championship because the more desperate the player is to win, the more that the the harder you can push those buttons and the more they'll deal with, you know? And it's, it's weird for me because I've been, this is the first time that like, usually when I have, you know, whatever analysis of like why things are going wrong or what players need to get better at or whatever. I like, I'm like specific about like Joel's passing is not good enough. He's not reading double teams enough. He's not, or his rebound, whatever it is, or his shooting, et cetera. And it's like, this is the first time after like now several collapses in the playoffs and, and a three, two collapse to Boston um, with game six at home. This is the first time I'm sort of speaking in the like sort of intangible, like dog mentality, like wanting it, like be better, like that kind of shit, which I usually is, is a little surface level for me. Usually I don't, I don't, but you just, we've watched the Sixers so many times you watch them be like, not quite just fucking go win the goddamn game um, in the playoffs that it's starting to become like, there's other things we could talk like Joel does have to get, become a better passer, a quicker decision maker. I would love to see, does he shoot more threes this year? Does this become like, he's a little bit, you know, he's doing a little bit more of a, you know, what he was last between what he was last year and what like Marcus Hull was, uh, in, in that year in Toronto, uh, the championship year, like, is there like a middle ground there where he can save himself a little bit more, shoot more threes, let other guys operate, whatever, depending on who the personnel is. But like, there are things that I'm, I want to see Ken Joel get better than that. And, and I can, we can hopefully see that during the season. Obviously we're not going to know, is it, is it really real until the second round of the playoffs yeah. next year? Um, which is a tough, tough thing to not be able to fast forward to, but, um, but it really does feel you watch, you watch him in this, in this playoffs, man. And just like, you didn't like go get the goddamn ball. Like you yep. didn't rebound the like three rebounds in game. I think it was at seven. And you're just like, it's it, it, you gotta, you gotta be more, whether that's like a, um, confidence thing in yourself or a uh conditioning thing over the course of the season where you can like summon that last like will whatever but like pg tucker and like mantras how screaming at you like you got it's got to be it's got to come from it's got to come from yourself and maybe that part of that is james harden leaving because that the reattitude bad stuff yeah. yeah like it seeps into him but it also you know there's there's negatives to harden leaving also so it's just sure. we're we're in a difficult in a difficult place and I'm, I'm becoming friggin' like, how bad do you want it guy? And I know I want it bad. So Joel, <laughs> it's time for you to deliver. The rights to Ricky Sanchez is brought to you by Briggs auction. Ooh, it's a big week for Briggs auction, Briggs auction.com or download the app at the app store or Google play. Three auctions went up this week, discovery patio auction two, and the dust shell auction. All I can say, I don't need patio shit right now. If you do, go to BriggsAuction.com, download the app, whatever. The Discovery Auction and the Dust Shuttle Auction in terms of art and collectibles. I haven't placed a bid on Briggs Auction in a while. I got two bids up there. I got two things I want. If you are a collectibles person, the Discovery Auction, the amount of sports cards in there, including two sealed 1989 Upper Deck baseball sets. It's got the Griffey card in there. A lot of sports cards in there lot of art like i'm telling you this briggs auction i love buying shit i don't need from auction sites and briggs auction whether it's stuff you need like furniture clothing whatever whether it's stuff you want like collectibles art that sort of stuff briggs auction has it all a four-generation family-owned and operated auction house in garnet valley 
Delco, shout out, just getting better and better. Briggs Auction just getting bigger and better ever since they joined us. Almost every week, there's a brand new auction up there. As I mentioned, these auctions are up now. The patio auction, the Dutch auction, the discovery auction, all up now, all closed next week. You can go to briggsauction.com or you can download the app at the App Store or uh, Google Play. If you win a lot, pickup is very easy. They're open all Saturday or you can do it by appointment during the week or they can, they've worked with several shippers to get you what you need, especially if it's furniture or something, you can't pick it up yourself. And if you're looking to downsize, you have something, you know, you have an estate auction, whatever, you can't go anywhere but Briggs. Send an email to info at briggsauction.com. Briggsauction.com. We love them. All right. So then there was the answer about Tyrese Maxey. And here's a double shot of questions with Nick Nurse on Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey, probably one of your clearest paths to, you know, any kind of big internal improvement, I guess. From afar, what has your impression of him been? And then what do you see as, I guess, the next step that you can help him take to, to be that sort of maybe all-star level player? Yeah, first of all, from, from afar, playing against him was very difficult. Just, just the sheer speed and quickness in, in that he has, is, is it, was, it was tough uh, you know, to game plan against him. Just like sometimes you just can't beat the speed you can't come up with anything to beat the speed and and but what he did i mean what our experience was is it wasn't just speed and layups and he started shooting the ball really well and then he started making you know little further layups and then a little further when we were trying our best to get him away from the rim but he'd still still make a lot of those so uh i think you're i agree with you first of all your your thought your question is is he's got a uh tremendous chance to improve and take a step forward and from all indications and uh, that he's really hungry to do so. Good, good worker, good person, really wants to get better. There's some specifics, I would say, you know, making, making, being more of a creator. Uh, you know, I said it about, about, well, what is creating? Well, creating is you're scoring or you're drawing more people than one and then you're creating for others. So can he, can he make the reads, all the reads? And I think that's like the first place I would start offensively is, is getting him, you know, more reps in the pick and roll so he can make make the reads to all the other players on the floor depending on what he sees, right? Yeah. Obviously, defensively, a lot of your guards you had success with in Toronto, Fred VanVleet, Kyle Lowry, not necessarily the biggest guys. And your system in Toronto, heavily predicated on wings and guards, kind of pinching the paint, closing out. I guess a guy like Maxi, who his defensive reputation hasn't been, you know, the best, uh, what is the path of turning a smaller guard into, you know, an impactful defensive player? You used a good word there, impactful. You got you to gotta impact the ball a lot as a small player. Like, get, get into it, get up underneath people, get over screens, impact the body of the ball handler. That's, that's, that's one thing. I would, I would say that um, we um, – didn't really think that he wasn't a good defender. We thought he was, again, we thought, you know, with that, with that quickness and speed and all those things that, that our guy, you know, he could, he could get up the floor a little bit and disrupt rhythm and all those kind of things. Um, so we'll see, but yeah, we're going to, I mean, one of the things is, is, um, you know, we like to guard pretty hard and especially the ball. So um, we will certainly be diving into that and probably working on that with him. Yeah. 
You know what this reminded me of? And and Maxi certainly improved on defense as the season went on. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you remember, my guess is you do, when there was a feature on Andre Godala, maybe on ESPN or something, and he said, this was when he was a sixer, mm-hmm. that there was no reason why Lou Williams wasn't better at defense. That there's no physical reason why Lou Williams couldn't be better at defense. And that it was like pretty much a not just desire, but like a commitment to being better at it. Like, yes, he's short, but like there are a lot of short players. You know, Chris Paul's a good defender. You know, Fred Van Vliet's a good defender. There, you can be a good defender and be short. Obviously, there are things that you can't control. Right. But uh, I do think that Nurse is a good coach to have Maxi reach that potential. And I do like that he answered specifically about how he can improve. Yeah, I like this answer. And, and, yeah. and I think you saw a little bit of like, you think about Maxi getting onto uh, Tatum or Brown on switches in that series. And you can imagine him, you know, when I picture him, them, him covering them, it's him like right up under them yeah, and making it hard for them. And especially like, you know, both those guys are very good, but like they're not, neither of them are elite ball handlers. And if you have a, a quicker guy underneath you, trying to make it difficult for you to get your space, then that, you know, is a, is a problem for you offensively when you're trying to create with the ball. Um, and I just never mind, I guess this is more my philosophy. Like I just never mind like, Oh, this guy, he, this guy's, he's shooting over me. And it's like, if, if you're, if, if he's getting shot over from like 18, 20 feet, like that's a win. That's like, that's yeah, a fine. win of a possession. <laughs> fine. Um, and I, so I agree. I think that, um, Max has got to keep getting stronger. The the bigger thing defensively with, with Tyrese was not like, Oh, he can't slide his feet or he doesn't know positioning. I think he got, I think he, I thought he slid his, slid his feet really well last year and got like kind of some bullshit calls against him, like more often than he should have. Like he's sliding his feet. He's trying to stay in front of guys and, and the refs kind of bail them out a little bit. Um, the bigger thing is just like off ball on switches, how much you, how much you helping, how much you committing, like how much you selling out. Um, I would love to see like him get in the passing lanes more some like, you know, Iverson type stuff. Um, Cause he is, his is crazy fast. And if he can start anticipating and seeing the floor better on that end. Uh, but yeah, there were like miscommunications on switches. It felt like him and Melton, like were despite the fact that they had good chemistry offensively, like on defense, it felt like they were always, miscommunicating and like leaving a guy or giving somebody else too much space. Um, so I believe it. I absolutely believe it. And Max, he's another guy who should be taking more threes. He took like six last game last season. Um, I would like be that. like a nine or 10. Yeah. I would love that number to be like at least eight or nine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm just thinking about him. Like he's, he's gotten so much better and, and you know, we're, we're another, he's going to get a fat contract, whether it's a max or a near max, then that it's going to become not the, wow, look how good this guy is who we got with the 21st pick because Mike Muscala hit a shot. It's going to become, uh, here's this guy we're paying a fuckload of money to. He's got to deliver. He's got to get better. And so we're still in the hunt, still a little bit in the honeymoon phase with, with Tyrese. Yep. But like he's, he's on the, I'm not saying he's this good or, or going to be this good, but he's, he's on the like, dame track like he's doing it he's getting he continues getting better his range is crazy long he's super fast dame dame is not as fast as he used to be but dame coming out of college was was crazy fast with the ball um 
and then we just start to have to add the the this this offseason has to be like passing creation, using your speed as leverage to get to like hesitation stuff and get to your mid range and and the threat of you driving past them, allowing you to uh, get other easy looks and uh, create stuff for other people. So I'm excited. I'm excited for his development. And part of me wants to see that reality where Harden does leave. So Maxi can be like, can work through his issues as a, as a lead guard and a lead ball handler with a lot of responsibility. The one thing about creation, and we talk about passing a lot and all those sorts of things that I think would really help Maxi and you bringing up Lillard, I think is an, one interesting difference between the two it's like Maxi's handle needs to become, he needs to get a tighter handle and be a more creative ball handler, I think. Because Which is tough, it, to, tough to add. It, it Absolutely. And, yeah. and as, but I do think that part of being able to make passes that other players can't make or being able to make passes out of, out of pick and roll and those sorts of things is like, it's just control of the ball in a, in a, like in a physical way. And, you know, you brought up Iverson, but you, you can see players that control the ball in a physical way and they're usually the best ball handlers, but they're also really, really good passers too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Harden is, is a, a guy who just has such control of the ball physically with his hands that it, I think part of that, I, one thing is vision, you know, there's all of those things, but I think he could use, he's not going to go from like where he is to being a Steph Curry level ball handler. But I do think if he, if he's like a six now, if he could get to a seven or seven and a half on a scale of one to 10, it would be a huge benefit for him. Yeah. And the other thing I, I think that I agree with that, I, I would love me personally and for Maxi's development to have more lob threats. Like yeah. think about how few lobs Maxi's thrown in his career. It's, it's really not that many. Um, so right now the only real lob threat on the team is like, oh. I mean, but Paul doesn't like, Paul's going to come down with that ball. Right. And he's going to go back up with it, like on a reverse layup. McDaniels? It's, it's Jalen McDaniels who, yeah. who might not be here next year. Maybe, maybe there's a Springer thing, even just like some back cuts, weak side kind of thing with the balls in the other hand. Like I would love to start seeing, you know, Embiid's not going to do that. Um, but is there other, other guys that Maxi can run pick and roll with or, or, you know, flex motion with or something where, where, Maxi can attack a, a defense as they're rotating over to him and there's somebody back cutting for a lob like that that becomes once the defense is worried about like what's happening behind them and he can just raise this up then that helps the, a guy that is not you know so naturally a um extremely shifty ball handler he's kind of just got the the either I'm blowing by you or I'm taking a step back like I would love to see some some more in between some more thoughts, like going through the defense's head as he's got the ball in his hand. Thing about players that are super fast is like at his peak, Derek Rose was a guy who had both of those things, who was like so fast, but a, a really good ball handler too. And it's what made him so difficult to guard before he ended up injuring himself, you know? And I, you know, and yeah, that so. just makes me think of, that just makes me think of Markel. Oh, all roads, yeah. all roads lead to me thinking Back about and being sad yeah. about the prospect Markel was before. Whatever fucking happened. The Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by Adam Kasabi, the official realtor of the process. I want to talk to you about the summer, going down the shore for a week. So Adam Kasabi can help you get a place in the Delaware beaches, which is compared to Jersey beaches, great value, much lower property taxes, 
you know, everything that you find at the Jersey beaches, you're going to find at Delaware. But I think of it every summer now when I go and I rent a house, you know, we're actually going up to Maine, but we're looking in Delaware, we're looking in Lewis, all these sorts of things. You spend all this money to rent a house for one week. You got to bring all your shit. You got to, if, if you have the means and you reach out to Kasabi, getting your own shore house. And what you do is you just rent it out most of the time, but then you have your own place to go to. And thinking about having that place maybe in the fall or the winter, just as a place to get away from it all, Kasabi is the person that can help you. His team is based out Long and Foster in Bethany Beach, and they run the Delaware beaches. Run them. 302-864-8643. That's Kasabi's cell number. You can call him or text him. Write it down. 302-864-8643. They take care of all of Delaware, all of Maryland, but specialize in the Delaware beaches, whether it's Lewis or Rehoboth or Bethany or Dewey, wherever, whatever your different taste uh, is for what kind of place you'd like to have a shore house. Kasabi is the person. You need a realtor who's going to know about those houses before they go up, can help you lead you through the process. Very hard to buy a home right now, especially in areas like that. There's not a lot of inventory, but Kasabi is the person who can help. And if you're looking for a home, we're looking to sell a home in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, anywhere that Kasabi cannot sell or buy a house. He will find the right person for you. We'll actually interview realtors to find out who would be best for you. Again, 302-864-8643 is Kasabi's number or Adam at processrealtor.com. Adam Kasabi, K-S-E-B-E, the official realtor of the process. I had to quote, we don't need to play it, but I don't really vibrate on the frequency of the past. There you go. Is amazing. And also, buddy, you have never had a frequency like you are in right now. I know you don't, oh, I don't vibrate on the frequency of the past. Well, I mean, if if you started to even attempt to vibrate on the frequency of the last 10 years, yeah, it would be catastrophic for you. You really need to get a handle on where you are because we are vibrating on that frequency every fucking minute of our lives. I'm constantly vibrating. Uh, I am like a phone when there's an Amber alert. It's just (laughs) just vibrating so loud and hard. You can't stop it. Um, You can't stop it. It's loud. It's really like disruptive. Um, So yeah, so the past is currently always vibrating through me. Um, Interesting quote. Interesting guy. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I want to have Nick on. I want to do this. I want to like, have, you know, ask him some questions, get him, get him, get a real feel for who he is in a, in a longer setting. But I got to figure out how I actually think about him as a, as a guy first. Right. Just a, a unique presence. He feels like he should be like, there's just like a, he's just strumming a guitar every time he's doing it, but then he's going to like bash the guitar over somebody's head. It's just, it's a weird juxtaposition of, of, of personalities. I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, if he was at a live Ricky and we could somehow get our musician friends in I'm one sure. spot to I'm get sure. him to play with each of them somehow. Oh, yeah. oh my God. And I think that's the way to get him. Yes, absolutely. Nick, we're here for you. Again, you want to ingratiate yourself early before we have a chance to go the other way mm-hmm. as we can be your greatest this is not a threat. I, I, I swear, I'm not saying this is a threatening way. This is, this is a, it's the, just the truth. And it is something that Maury learned. This is business. It's something that Daryl learned very early. I'm a businessman. We could be your greatest asset or <laughs> your, your, your 
the biggest thorn in the side that you've never I know Toronto fans are weird, but there's nothing like us. Nothing. And actually, we got a voicemail. This, I think you would, uh, I would like to hear your thoughts on this. 833 Lickface, where is it? There it is. Hey guys, Spike, Mike, CJ. We're going to role play this out, okay? Spike, you are playing the role of Daryl Morey. Mike, you are playing the role of Nick Nurse. Here's a scenario. Daryl is telling Nick about this contingent of psychotic Sixers fans on the internet with the podcast and the Twitter and all the psycho things that we do. How is Daryl describing Nick, describing us to Nick and how to deal with it? Excited to hear your answer. Nick face. So I'm not going to role play. Sure. But I think I would say. And I can't because I'm on strike. Right. <laughs> I think I would say after everything's been agreed upon, probably the two things media wise that Maury mentioned were both this and Howard Eskin. <laughs> like, I think the two things for him to, you know, they have a real, like, I think he was probably complimentary of the beat writers. Pretty close to an impression he just came to. I yeah. Well, it's very, he's got like this whiny vocal fry thing that I can't nail. And I wish somebody, I wish I could nail, but I can't. Would he, <laughs> It, it had to be a conversation at some point, like what he's getting into, right? From a, you don't know. Maybe I think he'd be like, they're, they're good. They're good guys. Yeah, they're, they're funny. They'll give you some, yeah, I don't know. I don't know I'm playing them like a little drunk. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Um, so Daniel House opted in. $4.3 million player option as if uh -huh. it was ever a question. I love That's a set, that is the second, just a set, the second now with Nick nurse, people wanting to come and or stay in Philadelphia for despite the fact that I'm leaping off of bridges left and right to get out of this organization. Wait, who's the second person? Well, Nick. Oh, right, 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 right. Well, house, I mean, there was $4 million for him to stay. I, th I, th I was, I thought that this was more of a toss up than really. Yeah, I think, I mean, he didn't have a great year, but he had at least one playoff game where I think he could have got, if he wanted to be somewhere else, um, he could I, have gotten a similar contract somewhere, I believe. My question on Nurse, or not Nurse, on House is, I think the biggest problem for Daniel House, as far as I could see, was a propensity for bad decision-making. <laughs> <laughs> because... He has all of the visuals of being a player who can fit into a rotation on any NBA team. Sure. Can defend, can shoot. Yeah. Can, but then he takes a side step back three from the corner mm -hmm. with 14 seconds left on the clock. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing? And it just seems like Nick Nurse isn't somebody who will put up with that kind of shit. No. So I'm, I'm torn between, okay, maybe next year will be a season where Daniel house plays more to there's no way that Nick nurse is putting up with Daniel house. I couldn't, I, I can't figure out where I am on it. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's a good guy to, to be in the mix. Like he has a fine, uh, you know, we have three or four options for the last couple to last couple of rotation spots. And if he's hot, we'll put him in. He had his, he he played the fewest minutes per game 
since uh, his well, he played one game his rookie year and for a minute. So aside from that, he plays fewest minutes per game, um, and he had his uh, shot the worst from three since then. Also, um, he he randomly shot sixty four percent on twos, which is crazy high compared to his the rest of his seems uh, random. Um, he was the only only guy that could finish somehow. Um, but yeah, it was. A, he needs to be a better shooter. He needs to be a better decision maker. I think the the fact that he could only take step back threes from the corner was problematic to the flow of the offense. Um, but uh, I'm I'm not as a player. I'm not unhappy to have him here. I think he will be useful in spurts. I would love to get a little more consistency. A couple things. I wonder if that means. Does that mean anything for Harden? Does he think Harden's coming back? Is he picking up that option if it's a toss-up? Or is he just like, I just like being in this place. He seemed to be well-liked in the locker room and among like the people around the team. And four and a half million dollars. But I don't think that, I think he could he get that somewhere else. He was 10 days before he was here. Yeah, I guess. But uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I, I It just feels like those kinds of players, Justin Holiday kind of thing, whatever, could get those kinds of deals uh if they if they wanted but i also feel like there's maybe just some some something to be said for for continuity um even though the coaching staff will be different um but the uh i lost it yeah i mean the other thing is just like now that he's picked up this option they have fewer money to work with less money to work with if uh if harden does leave um, because he's already that four million eats into right. that. They're going to be operating as an over the cap team, but before they get to the second apron that just came out, so it's interesting. Brett Siegel at Clutch Points writes, "Who we love Hard- and know, and have heard about." <laughs> yes, all three of them. Definitely. Yes, I've I've always heard. Actually, the only Clutch Points person I've heard about was. The kid Sam, who covered the, who came to the live Ricky, who covered live Ricky. So shout out to him, Brett Siegel, of course, up there with Shams and Woj as, and Mark Stein as people that we know about and trust, trust them with our life. Yeah, Harden has owned a owns a three, 35.64 player option for the 2023-24 season that may around the that many around the league are anticipating him opting out of. Leaving the Sixers after just one full season and signing elsewhere as an unrestricted free agent is a very real possibility for Harden, which is why Philadelphia has begun giving thought as to who could replace the former league MVP. According to league sources close to the organization, Raptors all-star guard Fred Van Vliet has emerged as a potential replacement for Harden this offseason. Now, much of the conversation around this has been whether Fred Van Vliet is as good as James Harden. They are different players. We all recognize that. I think Fred Van Vliet is generally a player who I would like to have, but every time I watch is less impressive to me, to my eyes, than to my gut of what I think of him. Um, I do think... He would be interesting in that he doesn't, he's not like a, you would have two guys in the back in the backcourt that aren't really primary creator guys, like basically two combo guard types with him and Maxi. Um, he's a good defender. 
I, he's still only 29. I actually, the, the thing that I don't think people are understand is like, he's going to get a, they don't have like cap space to sign him. So there would have to be some sort of bigger sign and trade to get Fred Van Vliet. Like he's going to get 25 or $30 million a year. So that's my gut on Van Vliet. Yeah. I mean, it would, it would require, let's say Houston to be amenable to a sign and trade where the Sixers get a trade exception in that trade and then acquire Fred Van Vliet into that trade exception. Trade exception. Almost yeah. certainly. Um, yeah. I'm, I I'm not I would say I'm not on the scale of like going around the league a Fred Van Vliet guy. I would say I'm not like extremely anti, but and part of this might be because of just their personnel. He just takes a lot of bad shots and he's small. Like he shoots from the field his last five seasons from the field, forty one percent, forty one percent, thirty nine percent, forty percent, thirty nine percent. He shoots well under, you know, forty in the mid forties at best on twos. That's real low. Like he's small. He has high, has a high volume of threes, but those are those are he's taking difficult ones. I guess the hope is with other shooters around him, which he didn't really have too much in Toronto, and a guy like Embiid that can command the defense, uh, and a guy like Maxi that can also run point. He can, and, for, and I would say Fred is right now a better, a more natural creator than than Maxi is. Yeah. For um, sure. I, the hope is that he, those numbers he shot, he shot 34% from three last year like that's that's got to be that's got to be better he's and he's in the high 80s on free throws so there's there's no reason why with more open looks I think it's a shot selection problem with more open looks he should be able to be a, a better shooter and so hopefully with Maxi and Embiid then he then he could be and it could make sense more he he is small for to be like him and Maxi are your backcourt that is you know exposable um, but on on the scale of Hey, we're trading or Harden's walking or you know, leaving in a sign and trade, something else has to happen. Um that is, I would say, on the higher end of outcomes. I, I think it's a little bit weird. It might be a little bit weird to be like, hey, you're playing for Nick Nurse and now both of them are coming in and that could create like friction in the locker room, maybe, of of like here's a nurse guy and he knows him and the everybody else is kind of like figuring out like who's I don't know if that would be weird, but I think it would be a, a potentially positive outcome. He plays hard. I, he's, he plays if Nurse plays him fewer minutes, then then maybe he holds up better over the course of the season and is less tired and hits shots because he's less tired. But be interesting. Would you, if Harden came back, trade Tobias Harden, Harden, Harden on coming back on a deal that I like, or does it not matter? Let's say it's like some hybrid of a deal you wouldn't want and a, a deal that you would like. Let's okay, say it's so like not, th- not the worst, but not great. Yeah. Let's say it's three years, 120 million. Okay. Right. That's in the middle, right? Yeah. Somewhere. Okay. Harden comes back and you are, I don't know all the rules for signing and trading and all that kind of shit. I'm just curious if you would do it. Would you trade Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, and your 2029 first round pick for Fred Van Vliet and OG Ananobi. Um, so your starting lineup would be Harden, yeah. Van Vliet, um, Ananobi, uh, Tucker, Embiid. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the Raptors probably wouldn't do that. Sure. Um, which 
makes me think that like I probably should. I I would say I don't love it, um, but I think it's probably it's probably a deal you make. As much as you know, I think I think Maxi still has the highest potential of anybody in that in that deal, and we're sending a pick as well. Um, but Ananobi's good. I've loved Ananobi since he was in Indiana, um, and would be a really him and him and PJ together would be a really cool fit. Um, yeah, I mean, then you could go Harden or Van Vliet with you know Melton. Yeah, and then plus Ananobi, Tucker, and Embiid. That's a really impressive uh, five when one your when your main guards is sitting. It's certainly interesting. I think I think you probably do it. I think they probably don't. I. Th- so we have some big questions for Mike right after we talk about LL Pavorsky Jewelers, the first sponsor of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. LL Pavorsky Jewelers, 327 Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners have purchased engagement rings from LL. And if you're going to purchase an engagement ring for a guy, wouldn't you like to know that he does marriage the right way? Just celebrated his, I don't know, millionth anniversary to his lovely wife. This week, we saw the tweet. I don't know. How many years was it? CJ, can you look on the Twitter and see if it's up there? Uh, LL has treated every single one of our listeners who has gone to him like like absolute rose gold. He has been a, not just an asset in, in you know, the jewelry part of it and the sponsor part of it, but a core part of the Ricky community who believed in us before anyone else did. And we are eternally grateful to LL. And I am always so happy to hear when somebody goes to LL and just has the experience that we say that you're going to have. Now, he wants to give you one-on-one attention. Uh Uh-oh, there's a message in the private chat. Let's see, how many years? 32 years. Wow. 32 years. Congratulations to the The private chat. Private chat. There it is. (laughs) All the private chat is just LL facts. LL updates, yeah. Um, If you're going to buy an engagement ring from LL, he is so intent on good customer service that he wants to make an appointment so he can spend the exact right amount of time with you and give you the attention you deserve. To get one of those appointments, very easy. Either call him, 215-627-2252. Email him, lee at llpavorsky.com. Tweet at him, at llpavorsky. Has been in business longer than he's been married, which is an interesting fact. Wonder what the... <laughs> The bachelor years of LL were like right there at 707 Walnut. Cabanas. Yeah. So many Cabanas. Cabanas. Um, And a support of our charities, Province Animal Center and Mama T's Community Fridge. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. He has just picked up his Dan House option to sponsor (laughs) us for another $4.3 million. Thank you. There we go. LL, huge. Um, So we got an email about this, but uh, we also got a voicemail about this. Where is it? Hang on. Uh, 833-LICKFACE. Hey guys, DJ here. Uh, Listen to the Nick Nurse podcast. And I think one pressing question went unanswered. What was Mike building during game seven Celtics heat series? Why are his hands so messed up? My first inclination was it was some sort of Ikea furniture. That stuff sucked. Uh, but then I thought maybe it was just so frustrating watching those two teams in the finals that maybe it's just aggressively putting it together. Uh, or maybe it's like some sort of side project that's going to have another sponsor with, you know, the writer strike and Mike looking for other things to do. Um, anyway, I, I just, you know, figured that that question needs to be answered. And also, if his hand is hurting, 
I believe he should probably take some time off in the pod to rest just to make sure he's, uh, you know, in prime condition when draft season starts. Uh, maybe take his own advice, make sure we're getting the best out of him when the time comes. Uh, anyway, that's it. Thanks. Mike, what we also got an email about this. What were you building during game seven, as you mentioned in the that's, last podcast? No, that's fair. My yeah. hand, my hand, my, my hands have had a bunch of. I've been playing a lot of ball lately, and my hands, I, I landed on my left wrist, and so I think I sprained it a little bit, and so that is, I am, I am feeling PJ Tuckery. Mm. Um, I would say it's not dead. Okay, I'm still feeling it and moving it around. Um, I was building so when we were in my, at my sister's in Phoenix over Memorial Day, uh, we unfortunately had a bunch of like packages arrive like right after we left, and. This had never happened before. Uh, like how people, somebody stole some of them, and so that was just a bummer. It happens. Aww, um, uh, we should have been more mindful of when things were arriving and shit. Um, and so Alyssa immediately was like, "I'm buying a thing," and uh, it's one of those like um, like big package boxes that you can put almost like a blue box mailbox where you can put something in the top and then it goes to the bottom and then only we can unlock the bottom of it. So I, there was some, there's like levers, uh, involved. It was complicated. Um, and I was watching the finals and, uh, drinking some whiskey as it happened. So I was getting more drunk as I was, uh, building it, which is not a great, uh, seems like a bad combination. Like it would even say on the, box not to do that it you know? might it might say that but i eventually got it to work i did have to uh curse and scream but that is you know i sort of get that from my dad like when you're when we're not necessarily good at building stuff but we will do it and we just have to make <laughs> at least one catastrophic mistake to yeah. then undo some stuff and then yeah. make it work successfully and so there's and there's just a little bit of our blood on every anything that we build at any given time there is that moment you know, when I had Ikea furniture, I don't anymore. When you're putting together the bookcase and you realize that the back part is on backwards. Yeah. yeah. And you decide every time, can I just leave it this way? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com is where you send us an email. We got an email from PJ who also wanted to know the answer of what you were building, but his basketball question. And Bede is reportedly getting married this summer. Congrats to his family. While I dislike the fact that he can't celebrate without total privacy, we know guests will post pictures on social media, so we'll have some idea of who's there. Who would you love to see at Joel and Bede's wedding? Now, I know one person I would love to see that I'm hoping to see is Michael Rubin. <laughs> I can't wait to find out if Michael Rubin is at Joel's wedding. Do you have any thoughts of who you would like to see there? Um, well, I think it's only fair that Doc. we get invited, you and I, um, we've been around a long time. We've been a part of his life for, yep. for a long time. Yep. Um, what if Joel Embiid invited me to his wedding, but you did not invite that'd me to That'd be pretty impressive. <laughs> that'd be impressive on his part. I would respect it. It would really confirm that he listens. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, people that are, you know, Ruben, Ruben is a good one. I would love if there's like some random player, like maybe Luke Bamute will be there, but like some random player mm -hmm. from the process years 
that he's like still close with. Like, is Justin Anderson getting the invite? Like, I feel like yes, right? He loved Justin Anderson, didn't yeah, he? Definitely. But how much is like we're work friends versus yep. we're we're invite to wedding friends? We don't know how big it is. Do we know? Do we know where the wedding is? No. Okay. I do not. Interesting. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Joel that also bummed me out. Uh, we we've we've had discussions about this over the past few weeks as we're like mourning this loss and stuff was a little bit after the, after the game seven loss, he didn't take, seem to take it as hard as he did the Raptors loss. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously it was not as close of a game by any, any stretch, but seeing him like be kind of glib and trying to joke about Giannis in the post game press conference was just a bad look and kind of bummed me out. And I was like, why do I give more of a shit than you do here? Um, not that they have to like pour their hearts out in every press conference, but I was in a, I was pissed off and watching him do that was just like, come on, man, like be frustrated more. Um, but you know, wedding planning is hard and it takes a lot of like time and energy. So maybe he was just like, I, sorry, I've been focused on that. I wasn't locked in. I'm sure if I was, you know, running a show during wedding planning that that would have suffered. So <laughs> Maybe now I feel like wedding's done, honeymoon's done, we're here, all good. I feel like me and Joel after this wedding are going to be ready for next season. <laughs> um, what do we want here? Eight three. Also, three, also oh, yeah. sorry, Joel should let us either invite us to the wedding or let us ring a bell type thing at the wedding. Let us break the glass at the something. It is, it is ridiculous that we haven't rang the bell still. I had I had a conversation about it the other day. With a with a friend who lives out here is also a listener, um, and it's just like, yeah, it is ridiculous. We have the bell. They're yeah. fucking scraping the barrel. They're gonna yeah. they're gonna have to like scrap the bell apparatus because they don't have any. It's not fresh anymore. Oh, look who's ringing the bell, Mike Lieberthal. It's like, <laughs> well, that's hang on a second. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Levy's fine. Levy can ring the bell before us, but not much before us. Right, right, right. Eight three three Lickface is the uh, phone number. Hi, this is Tommy from Vegas. My foray as a Heat fan, foray into Heat fandom ended briefly last night. Fair joke. Nuggets are going to win. But, you know, everyone's talking about James Harden. I'm listening to Elliot Shore Parks, who I love, besides this one take. James Harden is not the guy, and we shouldn't want him back even on the right price. This is a fucking loser. We cannot allocate any more resources, money, or time to this person. We shouldn't even bring him back for $1 million. He is a fucking loser and we cannot have any more fucking losers we have too many fucking losers on this stupid hi guys it's tommy one thing that helps me deal with this uh team in a therapeutic sense is if i bought the team how i would react around the team i'd be like logan roy like fuck off daryl fuck off joel fuck off tyrese fuck off james you fucking cats so stuff like that kind of just helps me deal with the trauma of this team. Um, I hate everything. I hate basketball. Bye. Love you guys. <laughs> well, like a particularly unhinged yeah. moment. I <laughs> Put your seatbelt on. Let's, yeah. go, let's go and shut the door. I don't know. I do think, and I don't, I don't begrudge anyone for this. I do think a large amount of the James Harden has got to get out of here sentiment that a lot of people have, myself included, is going to go away the minute he resigns as people talk themselves back into it, which I understand, but I will not. And I, it's fine, 
but I want everyone to just like mark down that they said this at this point, you know, when that contract comes through. I really hear the idea that he can't come back under any circumstances. Yeah. I really hear it. It is not something I dismiss in any way. Um, just getting him, you know, he, he was helpful in a lot of ways and uh, played into some of Joel's worst tendencies and is not a fit in a Nick Nurse aggressive, you know, having to run James offense sometimes when, when Nick is like wanting to do something else that could create a ton of friction. Who knows? But I also, I, I do also hear that A, Harden was very helpful for Embiid and helped him be the MVP and could maybe like, if there's any sort of passing of the torch where Harden can slide into a, a step back while Maxi takes a bigger leap, that's interesting. And, and just the idea more more so than that is it's if Houston is not going to play ball with the trade exception not that it's everything um but letting him walk for nothing is uh just difficult from like an asset management perspective um and you go like well we can't fully replace him with what we would want to do um and so that it's just, I, I hear that also of like, a, if you can get them for less and then trade them at some point and match salaries or whatever, then that's a better way to make things happen. But I, I really, I, I still, I probably lean on the side further of just get them out of here. Don't run this like heartless operation back. Um, it's not going to work the idea of Harden and Embiid breaking through together <laughs> seems um, crazy. Seems like a little bit, a little bit, a little bit very unlikely at this point. Um, and I, I, I get the idea of just being like, get, just get, let's get them out of there. Stop trying to like make things work like that. Um, but then you, that would, that would, you'd have to be really Daryl's one of Daryl's like creative options would have to really work in yes. that, in that scenario. Um, right, StrickySanchez at gmail.com. We got a, a few emails about this. This came from Raphael and also Marty uh, asked the same thing. Need a quick clarification. Given Haywood Highsmith's solid performance in the Heat Celtics game five and started, or he didn't start game six, but played well in game six, do we consider him another process success story or was his time with the Sixers too short to count? Um, I it, mean, definitely counts he was on the podcast it should be it oh should yeah be noted when he was with the blue no with the blue coats yes as uh as sixers adam indicated i did for a long time in the 2019 season say that haywood highsmith was one of the sixers top five players <laughs> um despite the fact that he played like five games uh yeah i mean like big guys that can like shoot a little bit and like play defense like i'm so happy for him He's playing like major minutes on like a on like a contending team. He's made, you know, he picked uh I think it was Tatum's pocket in the in the Celtics series, made a couple plays happen. Now he's like playing real minutes in the finals. Like that rules. He wasn't a process player because he wasn't around when Hinky was here, but he's a process type player. Sure. Um, and I I count him, I count him in that mix for sure. I, I count Danny Granger. He didn't even play for the Sixers. Sure. Count Matt Koshwald. Like it's certainly Haywood Highsmith gets picked. And by the way, I'm not I don't want to 
I can belabor this, absolutely. But it does seem as if, and, and please check me if I need to be checked, but I would also like a, a normal, straightforward answer to this. It does seem as if, when Jimmy Butler has a fantastic game, it is like Jimmy Butler 101 from everybody. Mm-hmm. But then when he doesn't, there's like no talk at all about it the same way that another superstar, whether it was Tatum or Embiid, like the dude had 13 points on 14 shots and didn't shoot a free throw in game one of the fucking finals. If James Harden did that or Joel Embiid did that, we would get on this podcast and obliterate them. It does seem as if he has these games where he is just has decided, and he did this in Philly occasionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to do it today. Now, I don't know if it's just because he can or, or you know, he saw Aaron Gordon there and, and he just physically couldn't do it. But it does seem like he gets a lot of the credit without a lot of the pressure of being the guy. I agree with that. I think he's great on a little bit of a curve because in the regular season, he's not like close to winning scoring titles. Sure. He wasn't even an all-star this year. Um and then when he just like delivers in the playoffs, it feels like, holy shit, this is always the guy. And then when he doesn't, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's not, uh, like, yeah, he scores 22 points a game. It. What do you expect he, he's going right. to do? Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. I, but I think that's right. I think, I think, uh, it's, it, he's an interest. He's really, he's always been a very interesting player. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a little bit of Kawhi in him in the sense of like, he knows his body well and he, I think knows the situation well so could go you know we're not winning this game i'm not going to overtax myself and i'm just going to like learn tendencies or whatever and use that against them in game two i don't know there's a little bit of like giving him a lot of credit of like he wants to be down oh one and that's why he's doing, like I, I don't know but i i agree with you in principle that like it is he he does get a lot of the credit without getting a ton of the blame. And by the way, charging people $20 for coffee is a fucking ripoff. It's a ripoff. It's a ripoff. You shouldn't be charging 20 people $20 for coffee. I'm sick of hearing about his coffee. Okay. I'm going to play, and, and we're going to end this on, on Becky's voicemail. Becky, I love your voicemails, but and I'm going to give you your full 65 seconds here. But you make it hard to play your voicemails when they're 100 seconds in two minutes. You've, you've got great content. I understand that you're thinking through it, but if you could think through it a little bit more before you call, you have better voicemails and you have, I, I could play a higher percentage of the voicemails. Please keep leaving voicemails. Spike will note your voicemails to death. Uh, he is going to give you some advice on how to leave better voicemails. I just, it's just long. That's all I'm saying. 833 lick faces. 17 days. 17 days is how long I made it before needing to vocalize my Sixers feelings. I have been walking around trying to act like I'm a normal person, but simultaneously I'm ashamed. Like I'm ashamed to be a Sixers fan. And I'm afraid constantly that some stranger is going to like find me out and accuse me and I will deserve whatever they say. I'm so upset and I don't like Nick Nurse. I don't like Nick Nurse because I think he's overrated. Blah, blah, blah. Plenty of people talk about this. I also, though, I don't like the hire because I want to have at least just clear, consistent enemies. Like I need something 
concrete, mythological to hold on to. And Nick Nurse is an enemy based on what he did to us in 2019. And now it's just all turning into like a sludge of awful nothingness. (laughs) Weekly Becky, I can't believe what I've become. So now there is a little bit of, I hesitate to say this, Horfordness to the hiring of Nick Nurse. That's what I said. And this, yeah, this doesn't bode well in that way. It is fair also to mention that I would say that Brett Brown outcoached Nick Nurse in that series. I would say that. But, um, so I don't find Nick Nurse to be the enemy of that series. And I have never found him to be an enemy. I found Kawhi to be the enemy of that series. Like, I don't look back and say, boy, Nick Nurse beat us. I think... Kawhi beat us and whatever was going on in Joel's stomach uh, beat us. So yeah, I thought that, I mean, I've always thought that the Sixers were just a better team in that series. Always. Um, nobody else was doing anything. Fred Van Vliet, who might hit one three here, in the whole series, had a te- terrible series. Yeah. Terrible. The Sixers were overwhelming them. They, it was once again, I think it was the airplane game was game three, right? And then game four was like a slugfest that they yeah. lost like 88, 85 or something like that. That was, they just they never pulled it together uh, and just assumed like, oh, we got them. Like we beat, we beat the life out of them. And it was really just like Kawhi kept hitting difficult, like contested 19 footers over and over and over again. And nobody else could do it. Um, and they didn't score enough. And Ben wasn't helpful because he was standing in the dunker spot. And Kawhi traveled on that uh, first possession, and the shot clock, and the, the clock started late on the pass end, and they would have won an overtime spike, hundred percent. I don't believe um, that actually. I don't believe that part. But yeah, I don't. I don't agree. I don't think that Nick played a coached a great series that was just hard. I think it was just like a a, do, a physical dogfight um, that some team had to win, and one team rigged the rims to uh, be cheating. That's all we got. But I, I did, did like ma- the, thank you, Becky, for the voicemail. Yeah. I did mention the filter in, if you're not watching on YouTube, you don't ever hear this. <laughs> She's going back for it. Well, She's- I just, as a public service message, because I know, you know, once you hit 40, if you're a man, you're supposed to get a colonoscopy. And I know a lot of guys don't get them. It's really nothing. The day before sucks. It is not great to take some beverage that makes you empty out your large intestines. I can promise that part is not fun. But the anesthesia is amazing. And the peace of mind afterwards is easy. And you don't, you won't, don't feel anything. They give you cookies afterwards. You can eat whatever you want. So my little PSA is you should do it. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. Speaking of Love anesthesia. colonoscopy yeah. um, and immense stomach pain, mm-hmm. uh, no job for Doc Rivers yet. Oh uh, yeah. Well, he pulled out of the Phoenix thing. I don't know if Did you he? know that, but <laughs> Did he pull out moments before someone else got the job? Is that? Yeah. He, they were ready to hire him and he pulled out and then immediately afterwards they was like, all right, fine. We'll just hire Frank Vogel. So, yeah. We already have the, just change all the names, <laughs> search and replace Frank Vogel with doc rivers. Would have been great for him <clears throat> in that. I imagine there's a lot of great golf in Arizona. Yeah, there is. Why does he want the job so bad? I don't know, dude. Just fucking relax. Go lay down. 
You know, I do not understand it at all. Stop coaching. You don't even want to coach that bad. You're so mad all the time. There are so few people that get to retire and he can. Yes. A wealthy man. And reasonably young to retire. What's he reasonably young? Like he could even like take four years off and then come back for one last hurrah. He could go fucking like, I don't know, coach like a like a glamour college basketball team and go live in one place and like barely even show up and have like an assistant do all the recruiting and stuff. He'll be on ESPN or TNT or some shit. I don't know why he wants to do this. Stop. You hate it. Coaches are out of their minds. Yeah. It's a hard job. It's incredibly hard. But Mike Williams got paid a billion dollars to coach the Pistons through a rebuild. So God bless him. That that was... Boy, if I've ever seen a number and gone, oh, wow, he really didn't want to go there. (laughs) And they were just like, well, what if we give you 8 million or 9 million or 10 million or 12? And guess what? If it works, you're going to get 100 million. It's just like, I saw that contract and I was like, oh, he's going to be gone for a second year. He didn't want to go. I don't don't think he's a bad coach. No, I just don't think think he wanted to go there. Yeah. I do think there's some interesting pieces in Detroit that I'm excited to see Cade be healthy and then come together. But yeah. Uh, still waiting on a uh, Montrez Harrell uh, option decision. Mm. Would really love for that to be a no. <laughs> would really love for that to be a no thanks. Bro, how Trez, funny you got so be. much more career in you. Don't waste it on the bench here. You got so much more. I'm begging like Nick Nurse to meet with all the players and, and to just either forget to meet with Trez or just say like, we're well, not going to play, right? Just like, please don't pick it up. I need... He cannot be pay, being paid $2.76 million uh, and taking up that salary cap to, I mean, I don't think Nurse would play him, but even just the threat of him being around. It would be funny to have $20 million of PJ Tucker, Daniel House, and Montrose Harrell here as James Harden walks. Yeah. No, that is funny. <laughs> there would be some, some comic irony in that. That is funny. Yeah. All right. He's gotta go. We will talk to you next time. Enjoy the off season and get your colonoscopies, even if you don't need them, just for fun. Are you down with TTP? Yeah. You know, lick base. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't won't fuck fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Fuck with me. 